Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, also founder of Defy the Status Quo, a marketing and branding consultancy. You are in for a very special treat. This is the first episode in our Entrepreneur Magazine Rejected This series. Yes, that is right. Uh, This particular interview was actually done in order to write an article for Entrepreneur Magazine. At the start of 2021, they changed publishing criteria, and I didn't know when I did these interviews late 2020. I didn't know they were going to change the rules, and so I did the interviews, I wrote up the article, and they got rejected. So this is one of five, and we'll be sure to let you know whenever we're doing another one. They'll be sprinkled in amongst the rest of our guests as for the rest of 2021, for the next few months at least. So today, I am super pleased to talk to you about corporate events. So most people cringe at the thought of another webinar or video networking event, but it really feels like that's all we have left. Or is it? So according to Jared Augustine and Tiki Barber, co-founders of Thusio, hosting amazing virtual events isn't out of reach for even the smallest organizations or budgets. What it takes is a goal-oriented and attendee-focused planning and execution approach. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about how Thusio came to be, uh, all about Thusio's virtual pivot at the start of the pandemic, what they believe the the keys are to running a wonderful online event, as well as the future of corporate events. Uh, Now we're at the point where people are starting to come back out and do things in person. And Jared and Tiki had some really interesting thoughts on the future of business events. So let's go ahead and get into it. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Well, thank you so much for taking the time here with me. You know, like I said, just this day before Thanksgiving. So Tiki, Jared, thank you so much. Pleasure. Um, Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Yes. So a little about me. I'm a marketing consultant and I used to be, I was a soldier for about eight and a half years. I'm a veteran oh, wow. turned marketing Thank you for consultant. your service. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, so I've been exposed to a lot of bad presentations because that is like the army standard, like boring (laughs) white PowerPoints, no videos, no decorations, nothing exciting. So that's how I grew up. So I did some research. I was scoping you guys out online. So I know that, oh, I did want to ask, is Thusio like meant as a playoff of enthusiasm? Yeah. So when we first started Thusio, we knew that everyone was an enthusiast of something. So we truncated, mixed around, made up a word, Thuzio. And that's how we were born. Ah, wonderful. I'd love that you got that. Yeah, it's rare. 
carry that good feeling with me into the weekend. Okay. Yeah. So I know that you guys have, you know, you guys existed before COVID. So you didn't just like spring up. You guys were doing events, looked awesome. And so what I'm curious as to how you guys met to come together to even make it happen. So how did you guys get together? Yeah. Me and Mark Gerson had this idea to create, I don't know, a marketplace. Mark's our third co-founder. Yeah, our third co-founder, a marketplace to create experiences for the general public or businesses or whoever it may be to athletes, most of whom were retired and didn't have access to that community. Mm -hmm. And so we brought in Jared or we found Jared, more likely, we found Jared and we smoked a cigar at Club Macadudo. I think it was Jared's first cigar ever. It was Uh, my first (laughs) My first cigar in an interview setting. But, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we all we all hit it off, and so about three months later, we founded the company Thusio, and it started as a marketplace just to um, you know book talent, and now it's evolved into two businesses. One is Julius, which is an influencer marketing business, and the other is Thusio, which is our event business, as you as you've been looking at, and it's been fantastic because of the breadth and depth of talent that we can bring. And the the unique until COVID in person experiences with uh, athletes and celebrity chefs and influencers like musicians. We did a neo event or or actors, whoever it may be. Yesterday we did Steve, who was who was great virtually, obviously. And I think it's it's created this connection with our community to to all of these great influencers who have great stories to tell. And so that that's an, at its core what the business is. Okay. All right, Jared, what'd you think going into the interview, that whole cigar scenario, mm-hmm. what'd you think going into it, you know, when they presented yeah. the idea? And everything? Well, look, I, so, you know, Tiki, as he mentioned, connected with Mark. Mark was the link between Tiki and I, and mm-hmm. Mark Gerson and I was introduced to, I was part of the founding executive team at Seamless Web, which is now Seamless Grubhub. And so marketplace businesses were my background, <sighs> which is, and so the guy who started Seamless, my, my longtime friend and mentor, Jason Finger, befriended Mark Gerson. Mark and Tiki were trying to start this business and wanted someone to get involved to help run it. And so I was given the opportunity to meet them and, and hear out the vision that that they set out and, and go to work. Heading into the meeting, I mean, I was, you know, I was a wreck. I'm a big Giants fan and I'm not a cigar smoker. So it was... <laughs> It was, uh, you know, probably one of the great accomplishments of my life that I made it through the whole conversation without doing anything too stupid. But yeah, to Tiki's point, like, you know, they Mark and Tiki identified this opportunity to give you marketplace access to talent, you know, that you were passionate about in a way that no one had really done before. And that central theme remains in both of these businesses still, you know, Julius being an influencer software technology driven product and Thusio being an events and experiential driven product. But the core value prop remains of, you know, our belief that if you can create access to key influencers and categories that are very important, you can, you know, you can build a, a really terrific business around that if you build the tool the right way. And so, you know, that's still right at the at the central point. You know, Tiki mentioned our event last night with Steve Strippa and a Soprano, you know, a Sopranos, you know, look back event. And, you know, if you can just imagine you're a, you know, a, a business development professional and you're trying to win time with one of your customers and you can never get them to pay attention to your emails, your phone calls, your text messages. 
And then you happen to know that, I don't know, maybe they live in New Jersey and you just have a sense, right? Maybe Sopranos is their thing. Sopranos, a lot of people think, hey, do you want to come to this event with Steve Shrippa and get this sort of interesting, very intimate look at that person and their life and the show? It's a pretty, it's a pretty special invitation to be able to send. And that's, that's really at the core of our business, whether it be for live events or virtual, you know, as it has been recently. Right. That makes a lot of sense. I attended an event in person last year in DC where uh, a bodybuilding idol of mine was a speaker and I was a volunteer because I, I was a bodybuilding, you know, competitor when I was oh, in nice. the army and I used to read all her articles while I was deployed and my squad leader had pictures of her taped to her desk and we were just like fangirling all the time. She walked in to register while the entire lobby was empty and I was volunteering at the registration desk and she just walked right up and it was so exciting. That's probably the moment that stands out the most for that whole event. And I wasn't expecting to run into her. So there's a lot of value, I think, in that. And I'm not a huge Sopranos fan, but if somebody actually reached out to me and extended an invitation, I would probably watch a bunch of it and still <laughs> go to the event. So yeah. there's, you know, there's that. Yeah, that, that's a great example, though. Like, we try to ensure that all of our events make for, like, dinner table conversation. That's the bar we set. The way that you're sharing that story now is what we're trying to you know, help recreate for our, for our members and our customers. That's awesome. Okay. So what's been key for you guys during the whole virtual pivot? What's been helping you all move forward as you've made, you know, you've got the, you know, the virtual events that are happening weekly now that I saw, you know, Gary V popped up. I think it was in Tiki's LinkedIn yep. feed for an event that he did. But what's been kind of, you know, your guys' guiding principles in terms of going from in-person to virtual and, you know, kind of maintaining that experience? Yeah, I think interestingly, and Jared can follow up on this, but interestingly, we listened to our a lot of our clients. So our virtual experiences started to bubble because our clients needed to do events. They needed to create their own content. And so we were kind of ad hoc creating it for them. And along the way, we realized that our member base, who we haven't, hadn't been able to serve because we couldn't do live events, could benefit from this as well. And so that's when we created a new, a new product, which wouldn't have come about if the pandemic hadn't happened. Maybe it would have eventually, but it wouldn't have been top of mind like it was when the pandemic happened. We created a new virtual product for our members so that we, every week we're, put, we're putting on an event for them that they can attend and invite their clients to. So I think... It's actually expanded our business in a way, and I think quicker uh, than we would have imagined it would have. And so we looked at the, the coronavirus as more of an opportunity, and, it, and especially uh, because our, our members and our clients were driving us to it. I think that's been key and core to Thuzio from the very beginning. We pivoted a lot from when that, that initial marketplace, but it's always been because we've listened to what our clients are asking us to do. In fact, Thuzio came about because Ernst & Young wanted to put together a series of events, not just one around the Super Bowl, but four or five events around the Super Bowl. And they asked us to book the talent for it. And so we had I don't know, Joe Montana and Dan Marino and Phil Sims, all these amazing you know, champions come to Ernst & Young's office which was hard for them to get their clients to come actually into the office, right? And so by putting those events together, we were able to, you know, create a, a business. And, and it was only because we were listening to what our client was asking. I think like, so Ruthie, Tiki's referring, there's, 
there's really two ways to access these, these events with us, whether they be live or virtual. Mm-hmm. You can become a member and access our owned and operated event series, the same way like if you had season tickets to a team, or you can build a custom event. And, and those are you know both oftentimes the same customer doing both with us, having both a membership and building custom, but those are your, your two paths. And so, you know, you asked like what kind of keys to success, I think were probably three areas. One was we were able to be very, we pivoted to virtual like that, like within two weeks we had an offering because small team startup, you know, we spun this out just in 2017 out of the software company. So we were able to to move quickly and with sort of a survival instinct too, at the same time, right? Because if live goes away in your live event company, where, what are you going to do? So, so survival instinct to move quickly. The second thing was, I think very early we realized you had to treat the events as events and not video calls. You know, you gotta, you gotta have a run a show. You have to have a story. You have to have great content. You have to have gift bags. You have to do all the things that are important to making live events great. You have to adapt it to virtual, but you have to have that frame of reference for it. And then the third thing is that, you know, we have this, we have this, these great relationships with our customer base that trust us to build content that is unique. And so I think when everybody's suddenly thinking, how do I get people to join one of these? They thought of us, you know, because they know that's how, that's what we do. We put really interesting people in a, in a really interesting position to tell their story and it creates for terrific event content that people can really bond over. So they, they trusted us with that early on. Yeah. I think that's the key word, right? You guys, you guys create experiences. Mm-hmm bond worthy experiences. Yeah, that's right. It's a good way to put it. All right. So the next thing I wanted to roll into, so like you guys have your member events and you also have these custom events when your clients approach you in terms of, you know, Hey, we want to put together a custom event. What are some of your must haves in terms of how you help develop these event concepts for them? Because the idea is that anybody who who reads this, let's say, you know, maybe it might be a smaller company, maybe mid-sized, maybe they haven't heard of you, maybe they have, but some of your driving, you know, concept design ideas might help them in terms of, you know, even if they are just putting on a webinar or something like that, how can they avoid... <laughs> Mm-hmm. some of the critical mistakes that we've seen and how can they yeah. aspire, you know, to potentially get in the right place to, to work with you all. So what are some of the like must haves for a successful virtual event for some of your clients? What well, our first conversation with a client is all about the goals of the event. So who, who are you trying to get on the line? How many people, where do they live what do you think they're passionate about? And that's probably the thing that we, if there's like a differentiator, right, for Thuzio and having that conversation with a customer, that, that's probably it relative to other event marketing companies is we really try to focus on matching the content to the audience in a, in a, in a really specific way. And so many companies we think, so if you're, for example, if you're trying to introduce a new product a new financial services product to your to your customer base, you might be inclined to 
hire, think, oh, maybe I'll, I'll have a speaker in this category, right? Speaking to finance service. It's sort of common. We, we would argue that your, your content about your product is going to be yours to discuss. All you're trying to do is get everybody on to the line. Like that, that's what your goal of your event content should be is how do you get people to show up? And people want to show up because they want to follow what they're passionate about and what creates dinner table conversation for them. So we might argue, you know, I'm just thinking about this one like recent event where, you know, HP, HPE had a product demonstration to do, but you better believe they didn't do have a speaker about that category. Instead, they had Ray Lewis come do a, you know, a talk, do give, give a keynote with that, that community. And so we would say just pick content that's going to get your audience to show up, feel a sense of energy, and then you can still create meat, you know, in that event beyond the entertainment with your own, your own content coming directly from you, the company. So, you know, it starts with who's the audience? What are they passionate about? And then, of course, we would talk about, you know, there's some other key elements to the event, which would be we always recommend a, an allotment of time that gives you enough time to accomplish your goals, but isn't necessarily too long so that these, you know, you, you don't want people just dragging on and on. Most of our events are an hour and, and no more than that for that reason. You know, 30 minutes of sort of entertaining content, 30 minutes of what, you know, maybe what you have them all there for. And, and sometimes not, sometimes it's pure entertainment all the way through. So I would say we would talk to them about, you know, make sure you have the right time commitment in mind. Make sure you have the right moderator or host for that event. You, even though you can have a great entertaining speaker involved in your event, that doesn't mean that they're going to pull the whole event together in a way that makes sense. So we, we go to great lengths to encourage our customers to not just bring in great talent, but, but also, and they are great talent, make sure you're coupling that with a great moderator or host or ensure someone from your team who's really excellent at it can do it. We also encourage gifting alongside of our events. So if if you're doing a wine tasting, let's ship everybody a bottle of wine so they can play along. If you're doing if you're doing a, you know, having a speaker that recently had a had a book release, let's make sure we get a book mailed out to everyone who's attending. So that like actual tangible gift arriving at their door, we think really brings the experience home in an important way. And then, you know, I'm also I don't need to brush over like the basic production. The speakers have to have good lighting. They have to have good, high-quality video, you know, to make it all seem professional and polished. Those are all really th- important things, too. So those are those are some things that come to mind. And and I guess the last would be you need to have a sound technical producer on your event that, you know, this isn't running a Zoom call with, you know, six people on your sales team. You, you really want someone who's producing the event to say someone, wait, same way someone would be producing Tiki's radio show, you know, behind the scenes and making sure the run of show is being applied and everybody's getting the content that they need on, on in, a, in a timely fashion. Those are some ideas. It's fantastic. Start with the goals. Sounds really basic, but I think, mm-hmm. um, I think that a lot of people forget that, especially since they think the goals are, you know, new sales and lead generation. And it sounds like your first goal should be getting them through the door. Yeah. Because the rest right. of this stuff doesn't matter. That's right. If you don't. Well, it, does ma- it does matter. Yes, but you're right. It doesn't matter unless they're actually listening and, and, and entertained and, and right. open to receiving what you're going to present to them. 
Absolutely. And I loved your point about the physical gifting. Maybe now that somebody else has said it, when I say it, I can say that you said it and they'll <laughs> listen because I keep saying it and people are like, yeah. oh, I don't know. So we'll see. So I guess my last question is more of a, a prediction. So if you don't want to play what if, that's totally mm-hmm. fine. But I know uh, I just, I of course, I Googled you guys and everything. And I just saw that you, that Thuzio acquired Robin. And in the mm-hmm. press release, it did mention, you know, looking at not just virtual events, but when we are doing, you know, kind of in-person events. And, you know, I think, I think virtual events are for certainly here to stay, but I'm curious what you guys think the landscape is going to be like when, you know, the majority of people are comfortable you know, going out again and mingling, what that's going to look like in terms of, let's say, when your clients are going to choose a virtual event or when you might recommend a virtual event versus Mm -hmm. when you would recommend an in-person event. I think our Robin acquisition is one of the most exciting things that we've we've done. And and Jared glossed over this, but it's important to 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 realize in 2017, we were one company, Julius and Thusio, identified as Thusio. Okay. In 2017, so a little less than two years ago, we split. So Thuzio is essentially a startup again. He mentioned that, but it, it maybe got lost. But so Thuzio is still kind of a startup. We're small, we're nimble, we can move. And most importantly, we knew we needed to, as a new startup, as Thuzio, a new startup, we needed to add a technological, some accents, some technological accents to our product offering, which would allow us to grow and expand and to get to scale in a, in a much more effective way. And so acquiring Robin allows us to do that, not only because it allows us to expand who we we sell to our virtual events and our our live in-person events, but also the suite of events that we can now offer because of what Robin does. Um, and so it's exciting to us because we look at it as an opportunity to be a one-stop shop for virtual events, for games and concerts and really any any entertainment uh, vehicle for the business professional or really for the individual, they should be thinking about Thusio. And Robin, uh, Robin allows us to do that with a technological in, in, in insertion into their lives that I think is really important. And so what the future, I hope, brings for us is when you think of entertaining, when you think of business entertaining, you think of Thusio, whether that's do, com- becoming a member and coming to our events or using us to bespoke, customize your own events. Or if you're looking, if you're in Los Angeles for a week and you want to go see the Lakers play, then we can give you access, hopefully in time, give you access to the best seats, the best, the best experience, uh, live experience at one of these events uh, or concert or whatever it may be. Awesome. You know, my response would be, first of all, you know, virtual, a lot of people are talking about like, is virtual, what, how long are you, how bullish are you on virtual? And you know, we think same way. I think that we are like work at home market share is forever changed, right? And we all used to go in five days a week. We're going to go in less than five days a week, and we don't know whether that's you know one day or three days. But it's more than it was before the pandemic, and that's forever. <laughs> and we feel the same way about business entertainment. Virtual will now have a bigger market share than it had pre-pandemic for sure, indefinitely. The reason for that, same reason work from home, it's working. You know, like the, the virtual business entertainment, our, our clients consistently are seeing a better ROI with virtual than they did with live. And the reason for that is if you think of their cost structure, 
With a virtual event, you can get more attendees because anyone can go and it's easy to access. I can be sitting at home on my couch with my family and still go to my client event because I can pop on my computer. And two, the cost per head is cheaper because the events cost less to produce. So as long as you're seeing clients are having a better ROI, I, we see no reason why virtual isn't here to stay, you know, just forever. And it's going to forever be a, a pillar of our, our you know, business entertainment offering. You know, all of that said, we can't wait for live to come back. We have a terrific live business that we're aching to turn back on. And to Tiki's point, like Robin helps us. They, they built a corporate ordering platform for premium entertainment. And if you, if you think like to, to think about what Robin was good at and what we'll now be good at is like, if you're a marketer and you want to buy, you know, you're, you're, someone tells you on your sales team, I need, I need to take out three clients next week. Find me something to do, you know, and think about the pressure on that, that purchase. Like, are you going to a live game? Are you going to a dinner? If you're going to the live game, where are you sitting? What's the gold club versus the silver club? There's a lot of like nuance to making a purchase decision like that. We don't think anyone's really innovated around the corporate ordering experience the way that Robin has. And so that's why we wanted to bring that experience to our customer community. So you can, you know, you know, soon you'll be able to log into Thusio. You can access a Thusio virtual event. You can access a Thusio live event. You can go to a Nick, you can go sit at great seats at a Knicks game, you know, and, and everything in between. That's fantastic. And I think that's a really valuable point, whether it's virtual or in person. You know, I know you guys work with a lot of the, the fortune companies, but there are plenty of, you know, mid-sized, still very large companies who have the budget for this type of activity, but may not actually engage in it, probably much to their detriment. So especially in a time where virtual is it, and we need to, we need to build more bonds and, and maintain client relationships or build new client relationships you know, the opportunity to do exactly what you're saying. Like, Hey, I need to order up some bonding time with my sales prospects or internal teams and, and making sure everybody stays, you know, as tight as we can, that will be an incredibly valuable, just, just an incredibly just valuable point. access for that, you know, that type of resource. Just one point on, you make a point of mid-sized companies, small companies, virtual events, custom virtual events on average cost about $15,000. It's a big investment. If you're a small company with, say, a five-person sales team, you can buy five Thusio virtual memberships for each of your sales reps for $2,500 for the year, and you get access to, each of them gets access to 50 events over the course of the year with up to three, four tickets per event. That's right. You know, so it's like 20 tickets times 50. It's 1,000 tickets for $2,500. So... It's like we tried to build the member business is really about democratizing access to those great virtual experiences that otherwise can only be afforded by, by larger companies. Right. Okay. That's fantastic. I, I love that angle. So I'm going to explore that a bit more because I was on the member page. So I'm going to have to take a look at it with that lens. But I did, that was, that was pretty much my last uh, question. And I just wanted to thank you both again for, you know, this kind of short notice, but I think incredibly valuable, you know, giving of information. So I appreciate it very much. And I'm excited to write everything up. All right. And have a happy Thanksgiving. And thanks again. Happy Thanksgiving. Be well, stay safe. Thank you. 
you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with others and post about it on social media. To link up with other Defiant businesses, join my Facebook group, The Defiant Business Group. The link is in the episode description. Thank you so much, and I will see you next time.